Does this come off? Or do I have to... Okay. I will stand here then. I'm a, I'm a pacer usually. So, hi everyone. This is a very special, special moment. Magic is afoot. It's new moon yesterday. It's equinox tomorrow. And we stand right in the center of the universe together, held in love. I'm going to talk, tell you a story, because I hear it's story time. And I have a really beautiful story for you, a story that most of you have not heard about my son. Most of you heard that he died a tragic death on a train in Portland, standing up for a Muslim girl and an African-American girl. Is this okay? Okay. And I want to tell you the more part of that story. At 4 o'clock on Friday, May 26th, I believe the very first day of um, Ramadan, yeah, and um, and maybe call that like a good Friday, Um, my dear son called me up on the phone. Hey, Mom. Hi, my darling dear. I'm about to go in and see a Rinpoche. Can I call you right back? Sure, Mom. He gets on the train, and I go in to meet a Tibetan Rinpoche who just arrived the day before from Tibet, never been in America before, sent by the Dalai Lama. I'm not a Buddhist. I'm a everything. I'm a hippie. I, raised, I grew up eclectically. I, you know, I did yoga when I was young and tagged along with all my eight brothers and sisters to whatever thing they were checking out. So I grew up very much knowing the oneness of all religions from the core. And so I think I instilled that in my children. I have seven of those. Talishan is um, the youngest boy and has one younger sister. So... I go in to see this Rinpoche who the Dalai Lama had sent to get his passport in the U.S. Doesn't speak English, never been here before. And um, my girlfriend is his translator and wants me to come. He's going to do a blessing for the children of Ashland. And there's about 15 children and a few of their parents in the back. And, and then I come in a little bit late and sit down with the parents And the Rinpoche is saying all of these teachings to the children in Tibetan while my girlfriend, Sangha, is translating into English. And she's talking about compassion, how we must love one another, how we're all from the same source, how each and every person on this planet is loved by that same source. And his teaching went on and on exactly what Talishan was acting out on the train at that very moment. So the two hours while he was getting on the train and having that whole encounter, which was very brief actually with this um, person and the girls, um, I am with this Rinpoche for those two hours and while he's passing and dying as well. So after that, the Rinpoche 
I found out in, in the middle of the night that Talisha had died, and I text my girlfriend, and she tells the Rinpoche, and they're up in the middle of the night doing prayers. And they had already had scheduled a, a practice that they do, which is a purification practice called the Vajrasattva. And it's basically the same prayers every religion does where we pray to be more humble and we pray to be more kind and we pray to be more generous and giving and let go of our prejudices and our judgments toward one another. And all of these prayers, they're focused with Talishan during this period. While we're in Portland dealing with the cremation and all of these things, um, memorial services, which were quite amazing in Portland, there was an interfaith memorial um, here that was absolutely beautiful that the Muslim uh, Educational Center hosted. So we got to experience that, all these traditions coming and having these beautiful prayers for the heroes who had stood up for this Muslim girl and this African-American Christian girl. So I think it's about two weeks after Talishan died, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we are going to go to a party. It's called the Iris Party. And this beautiful woman grows irises. Every year, people come to enjoy her beautiful iris garden and have tea together. And all the friends who came with me to Portland, Talishan's godfather, his wife, and um, some other close family friends, all of which were acupuncturists for some reason. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> we all were going to this iris party together. And I was so tired, I had to take a nap before we left. So I was in my bed, all cozy, ready to sleep for an hour before they came to get me for this journey to the iris party. And I'm woken by the loud chirping of birds. And Talishan saying to me, I have to leave now, Mom. And then he flipped that. And he said, Put on your rainbow clothes. Take my ashes to the Vajrasattva stupa. I'm going to disappear into a rainbow. So I called my friends and I said, Talishan just said this to me in a dream. And they said, we're almost to your house. Grab your rainbow scarves. So I grabbed the rainbow scarves from my cupboard and got into the car. We drove over the mountain pass to this beautiful iris garden. And the irises were all in bloom. And I found out later, irises are the symbol between the connection between heaven and earth. And my daughter, Aurora, the youngest, right before Talishan died, had gotten an iris tattooed on her chest. Right there. And so we arrive at the iris party, and the irises are all blooming, and it's very beautiful. And it's raining, so no one's really hanging out outside too much. So um, on the porch, this covered porch, I meet the monk who had been in Portland during the cremation, he's a Buddhist monk who my friend, who was the translator, said, oh, I have this friend in Portland. He'll come do prayers with you. 
when you're doing, uh, visiting the body and staying with the body after the death, and he'll stay with you for the cremation. So um, he was on the porch. So I told him about this dream and what Talishan had said in the dream. He said, I can help you with that. And he was standing next to this man who had been a dear friend in a very short time for me because um, he, well, I make geodesic domes. And we put up a big dome outside of Ashland, and they do Vipassana meditation in the dome. So he came to me with this great love because he had done a Vipassana meditation in the dome. Well, I found out later that this man built the, the Vajrasattva stupa. But he didn't come down with us when we went with the monk. Um, he stayed at the Iris party. So we went down and we spun the prayer wheels. And it was raining and raining. We're all getting wet. And I gave the monk the ashes that I brought of Talishan. And we all went and he took us to the the back of the, there's a big statues with uh, Vajrasattva and, and the white Tara and different Buddhist statues that are like as tall as this building. And behind was a little stupa. So he brought us back there and we circled the stupa. And he said the prayers um, of purification that I had mentioned before. And then he reached up and put the ashes in the stupa and there's a little Buddha cave that's all painted red with the gold Buddha sitting in this Buddha cave. And he put the ashes in there with the Buddha. And all of a sudden, the sun came out. And the monk says, very auspicious, a shower of flowers. What does that mean, Matthew? That means it's sunny and it's still raining. And we all looked up, and there's this beautiful rain, misty rain coming down. And the sky has opened up a big circle above us. But Matthew, where's the rainbow? He said he was going to disappear into a rainbow. We all just sat and looked at the sun and just meditated. And maybe 15 minutes later, we drove away. And all of our phones started blowing up with the text from everyone who took pictures of the rainbow that were at the iris party, coming right out of the stupa. So in the Buddhist tradition, that is a brilliant thing. Um, They believe that the highest accomplishment is to achieve the rainbow light body. And many monks meditate, and whatever happens with their energy frequency shifting into a higher frequency where they're no longer bound by this physical reality that we perceive with our eyes and ears and noses. They go into a different state of consciousness, of being a different expression of life. But typically they disappear into a, a burst of rainbow and they leave only what doesn't go with them as hair and nails. And I've heard many of these kind of stories, even in current day, these stories happen. But Matthew, he died first. How could he make a rainbow after he died? Well, 
There's many stages in the bardo, which is this between the lifetimes, where you can accomplish your rainbow light body. And Talishan picked one of those stages. Why the big rainbow? He created a big rainbow because we want a miracle. We want to show that there's something beyond this reality. Because when we know that, we can stand strong with joy in our truth.